Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name is Sammy James. And on today's podcast, we're going to be looking back at Tuesday's defeat against Preston and looking forward to that big derby against Brentford on looking Saturday. Looking forward is probably a strong word, I'd say, mate. Indeed. And well, you got there before I introduced you, Jack Collins. How you doing? Not too bad, thank you, mate. I'm not too bad. I've, I've sort of managed to put Tuesday behind me. Um, and now, you know, sort of stressing about Saturday instead. So. Well, uh it's obviously election day here it in is. the UK as we record this podcast. And will it be more of what we saw on Tuesday? The uh, the Reds being pipped at the post by a narrow margin? Well, who knows? <laughs> who, knows? who knows? Let's not get into the election. Let's talk about um, Tuesday's game. At first, we'll do some three-word reviews. Yeah, I mean, I thought a brilliant one here from Dan Winter, top two Gonema. Very good. Which was, which was clever. Um, red, red wine. W-H-I-N-E Dan Winter <laughs> Filamato who actually had Monday's podcast named Damp Deepdale Dross yeah and Mind the Gap from our old friend Richard Bamba who also came up with pre-Christmas sham bells yeah which was which was good but David Ketterhake's Red Dead Dennis was my favourite very very good right well uh, we'll see what you choose as the pod name at the end so it was obviously just pretty disappointing Jack let's talk about the lineup first of all um, it was a pretty surprising one, to say the least. Um, TC ill, Kamara back in the side, and Christie um, getting the nod above Joe Bryan, who dropped to the bench with uh, Dennis Adoy getting a surprise move over to left back. It was a bit of a weird one from Scott. Obviously, not much he can do about Kearney being ill, but still um, a little bit baffling as to what he was trying to do with that lineup. Well, it looked like he went 4 4 2, from what I could kind of see in terms of. It, it looked like Kamara and Mitrovic up top with a little bit more width and then sort of Onoma and Steph in the middle. Very strange um, to kind of shift formations like that. It, you know, we've seen us find some form with a 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1, whatever you want to you know, yeah. call it. Um, and then to completely shift away from that doesn't really seem to make any sense. I know we were, you know, quite poor at the weekend against Bristol City, but... Ultimately, you know, the last 10 minutes showed that there was kind of a bit of hope and something that was was kind of obvious from the start was that we hadn't got going again. You know, I've I've said this before, I said it on Monday, I don't think that Josh Onoma is the problem. I don't think he's the issue that we've got. I think I don't think he adds much. No, 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 I completely agree. But I think it's symptomatic of, of an entire side. And I think that just because... You know, he, he's kind of a bit clumsy on the ball and he looks a bit like he's lumbering, you know, when he plays. He, he gets a bad rap. I think he's done okay. He did well to set up the goal, actually. Um, and he did well to, to set up the second goal at, at Swansea, not the assist, which was, which was a fluff, but the actual winning the ball yeah. back. Um, I don't think he's done anything to suggest me that he should be starting in this side. And I, I would stress that. But I equally don't think that he's like the end all of all the problems we've got. Um, and that's what it seems a little bit on social media at the moment. Well, we are struggling in midfield, aren't we? The amount of injuries is tossing up. But and losing Kearney, kind of the final straw 
in yeah. that really any side that's missing harrison reed harry arter tom kearney bobby reed in the middle of the park is always going to be finding life a little bit difficult we're just so slow though at the beginning of games aren't we we yeah, just we can't get out of the traps we just treat it like it's a training exercise for the first 20 minutes and knock it about and really just don't like and if we do that on saturday against brentford yeah, they're going to run riot. We're in for a nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Derby game is the only game in ages I can think of us sort of flying out of the traps. Maybe. Um, well, we did really well to begin with. But aside from that, it really is bad. And, you know, something that's strong, sprung to light over the last two games is that we keep turning up at 70 minutes. Yeah. You know, it comes to 70 minutes. We're like, oh, we're losing. 2-0. We should probably try some, you know, try and score. Yeah. And then we look all right for 20 minutes. And then everyone's like, oh, it might be all right. But actually... That's not a way to play football. No. Like you, you can't play games like that. It's, it's madness. Um, yeah, there are bright sparks. The reintroduction of Niska Scabano yeah. is good. And he, he proved again on Wednesday night that he can be useful when he comes on. I thought Steph's had uh, two really good games, actually. Um, in the absence of pretty much any other you know, leadership in midfield mm-hmm. with, with people around him. Having He's having a good season. Steph Hansen has been very, very solid. And that is something we can take away from this big midfield crisis that Steph's actually massively stepped up when he needed to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, aside from that, it was just, you know, basically a shit show, if, if I'm being perfectly honest. You know, Joe Bryan getting a rest after having quite a bad game against Bristol, I can understand. Mm-hmm. I can understand bringing Cyrus back in after, you know, his cameos have proved perfectly decent in, in yeah, recent Yeah, and times. I don't mind that, that. That changed to me. Uh, that didn't bother me no, not in at the all. slightest. I, I thought... It was reasonable. I thought he did okay. He got yeah. he got spun a little bit by Shawnee Maguire. Shawnee Maguire is quick, um, but yeah, I didn't think he did any worse than anyone else has done yeah. this season at right back. And his rehabilitation continues in in some ways. I, I think obviously it will probably now be him and Joe Bryan against Brentford. against Brentford on Wednesday. It does worry me a little bit about the kind of defensive cohesiveness of that unit when Alfie Mawson had a, another shocker, mm. uh, but. You know, we're going to have to run with it, roll with it, and hopefully they've got four days, five days together now that they can try and, and drill that back four into something cohesive because otherwise we could be in a whole heap of trouble. Well, let's talk about Preston's opening goal. Yeah. It was just really basic, wasn't yeah. it? It, it? It all happened in slow motion. I could see it happening a mile off and he just managed to find half a yard in the box. And uh, once again, if your team hasn't scored in four or five matches, along comes Fulham. Yeah. Problem solved. Absolutely. We we do have a habit of breaking ducks. Sean McGuire loves scoring against us as well. I think it's he his does. third goal against us in three years or so. So, you know, it's one of those in, in many regards. I, I think, you know, there's so much wrong with that goal that it, it almost defies belief to get into it. You know, we, mm. we just... It's comical defending. And that was with 11 on the field. Yeah. And, you know, and then it, it kind of just only got worse from there. So... Yeah, I mean, just just bad, isn't it? I don't know if we can say much more than it's rubbish. It needs to be better. Yeah, and then five minutes later, it was it just went from bad to worse. Dennis Adoy, what are you thinking? I, I cannot understand why he would even try and challenge f- f- for that. Well, he also it's just it's just a deliberate, you know, it's a deliberate takeout. He looks up, he sees the ball, he looks back down again, looks at the man, and then charges at him. It's like. It couldn't be more blatant if you like, you know, if you shout to the ref, ref, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this ge- geezer out in a minute <laughs> and take him out. It was, it would have been about the same level of blatancy. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what he's doing. It's a, it's an absolute stonewall red card. And you know, <laughs> what are you doing? 
Yeah, and 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 a, and a difficult. He has a habit of this. This is his eleventh red card in his, his career. Yeah, you know, he got sent off in the playoff final, perhaps slightly harshly. Um, but he got the playoff final was clumsy, a little bit reckless, but it wasn't malicious. Yeah, it wasn't malicious. This was almost on the like. This was just lunacy. Well, you don't say that. You know, it's not a term we associate with him very much. Malicious, but it's a malicious tackle. You know, he's gone in, arm raised at someone's head with no real intention of getting the ball. It's a proper, you know, red rag to a bull moment almost. I, I don't know what what caused it, what brought it on, but it's just a really bad tackle and, you know, he's gonna serve a he's gonna serve a three match ban now because and rightly so. Yeah, completely. I mean, um, Preston did eventually go down to ten men with um, Rafferty being sent off for that also tackle a challenge on um, Joe Bryan, and and deservedly so. Um, the ten on ten didn't seem to make a whole lot of difference. I kind of thought that would actually even it up a lot more, but it still seemed like Preston were in the ascendancy even when it was back to level playing field. Just think that with the players we have, with Cavalero, with Knockart, with Kamara, that. A- 10 v 10 would be so up our street yeah that was my instant thought i thought well actually this is almost better than 11 v 11 for fulham because we've got the kind of players that can expose that space much more than preston can but it just didn't seem to lift any any life into the matter yeah i mean we should also talk about the fact that pearson should have been sent off yes um a horrid you know it's just one of those where it's a rubbish challenge to begin with he's on a booking <laughs> he's potentially last man I think Kamara's probably through mm. it's just really bad like and how the ref hasn't you know, given him his marching orders there I do not know um I don't again it's a bit like the Bristol game and I'm loath to blame the referee for what was an abject Fulham performance yeah um and I know but it doesn't help no it, do- it doesn't help and I know there was you know on Saturday there was you you in particular your, your post match game you were fuming yeah and 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 you know it should have been a penalty full stop like but i don't want that to gloss over the fact that fulham just weren't good enough and didn't deserve anything from that game and the same with this preston game you know preston should have been down to nine men fair enough yeah correct you know does that stop the fact that fulham were absolutely rubbish no yeah and and we should be you know, focusing on our, our own house before we start going, you know, to war with other houses, I think. Um, another moment in the match was obviously David Nugent scoring his first goal for Preston since April 2007. Um, his first goal for any club in over 40 41 match- games. In yeah. 40 matches. Um, I mean, it's just a bit like the first goal. It's just so bad. Not just Alfie Mawson being weak at the back post and, and just... But also, Tim Ream have just been allowed to be spun by by his man just so simply. It, it was just, it was all, and Josh Onam are not closing down the pass. Again, it just was one of those goals that seems to go in in slow motion where you're like, lads. Our centre-backs are a catastrophe at the moment and I don't really know what to do about it. Um, well, there's not much we January. can do about it until Michael Hector comes in and we hope he hits the ground running and is, you know, a, a colossal presence because he's going to need to be at this rate um yeah i mean i just don't know I, I don't know what mawson's thinking and you know we singled him out for praise after the swansea game where he was immense um and since then he's been really really quite poor just uh, two games in a row so i i don't know he, he's one of the most up and down players i think i've ever seen in terms of some days he's brilliant some days we have Hull where he basically watches the ball go into our net and just mm. allows Jared Bruce to, you know, have a, have a little run through me if you want. Yeah. Mate. <laughs> um, and the same again here. Yes. Is there a hand in the back? Maybe. Like he, he is. It is the only one thing I will give Alfie. He is in midair when he's 
and he's basically clattered into by David Nugent. That is hard. I mean, it's it's impossible to kind of defend yourself in that situation when uh, you yeah, have I mean, no I'm not contact sure with foul. Well, I think it is. It's potentially a handball. Um, but I mean, the ref spotting that in you know in a melee of players you know, twenty meters away, you'd have to be a very good ref. And you know, we don't get those. If it, if it was the Premier League, yeah, been VAR, out by VAR, yeah, absolutely. But no, I don't know if it would. I think it would. Do you what for the handball? Yeah. But other than the handball, that, that's not a clear and obvious error. No, it's not. It? And also, I think that if you start ruling those out, and, and we did get a couple of messages about this, do you start ruling out Mitrovic, a couple of Mitrovic's goals where he's had a little bit of a clamber? And, yeah. Uh, you know, there, I think there has to be a room for a little bit of rough and tumble. Yeah. Uh, and in some ways, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> it's just so... I feel so sorry for Marek Rodak because he makes a really good stop with his feet, just balloons up into the air, and you're like, obviously, someone's going to clear that. And then it's in the back of the net You're yeah like, oh. you just need to be prepared to be a lot lot stronger in yeah. that situation yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you don't look for the foul get rid of the ball and you know if you get fouled great fine yeah but do not look for the foul at that point it's a really really dangerous game to it, play it all seems so it, it seems deja vu from when we talked about Bettinelli I think the goal against West Brom yeah where yes he gets shoved yeah. Yes, um, it potentially is a foul. But first and foremost, you deal with the ball yeah. and you let the referee decide if it's a foul. Don't don't play silly bollocks on, on your own goal line. It's just too close to, you know, it's too close to your own goal to be messing about like that. And and we've, we've been punished for it both times. And someone probably needs to, you know, grab a couple of people by the scruff of their neck and be like, look, don't worry about the foul. If the foul comes, a foul comes. Get rid of the ball. Um, one positive, Cabano, yeah. he um, he assisted the goal, um, fed in Mitrovic with a lovely little uh, pass and um, it's a bit of a deflection, but it's a decent finish for from Mitro who continues his scoring run. I thought Mitro was pretty anonymous yeah, uh, throughout the whole game. I just don't think we're playing to his strengths at all and we'll come on to Scott's tactics and, and whatnot in, in a little bit, but... Do you know what? Would would you start Cabano against Brentford? Because right now he seems like our most informed winger, and I think we're just absolutely crying out for for some quality out wide. Last time we went to Griffin Park, Niskan's Cabano scored the opener. Yes, he did. So he has history. Um, would I start him? Maybe not. To be honest, um, I, I wouldn't be upset if he started, but I think I'd probably start Kamara and and Cav either side of either side of Mitrovic and bring Cabano on. Um, what I wouldn't do is wait till we were 2-0 down in 75 mm. minutes to bring him on. I would, you know, whack him on at 60 and give him a good half an hour running yeah. at people. Um, well, that's what he got on Tuesday, to be fair. It, yeah, of course. But in terms of the Bristol game, sorry, I was... Yes, yeah, yeah, You yeah, know, yeah. I, and yes, he got it on, but I think also almost forced in, in yeah. the way that Cav came hobbling off and, you know, geez, we could do with not another injury. Mm. Um but yeah, it just was, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Niskins, I'm glad, is back in the setup. You know, he's he's a lovely footballer. He adds something that I don't think anyone else does, which has really tight, close control. And he's the best player in our team, I think, at shifting the ball and getting a shot away. Yeah. Um, even in tight angles, which, mm. is, which is really good. And it's useful when we have players in the box like Mitrovic, like Kamara, who can actually gobble up those kind of rebounds. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I, I would definitely give him minutes. If he started, I would be not averse to that whatsoever, especially if Cavalera is injured. He would be definitely the next on my list. Yeah. I mean, um, fair play to, to Cabano. And also, nice to see De La Torre come yeah. on. You wonder if Park is tempted with one of either De La Torre or Matt O'Reilly, given the midfield injury crisis. You'd expect that Tom's back on Saturday, but... 
you just wonder if if Scott's getting tempted to drop a few of the the youngsters into the fold a little bit more, given the circumstances. I think you know, given what we said, and you know, I stand by my point about Oliver, but I don't think he's shown me anything that Matt O'Reilly hasn't you know mm. promised in, in his games in the championship, in his games in in the League Cup. I would be perfectly okay if if we still have this midfield crisis with dropping Matt O'Reilly in it on on Saturday. Yeah, well, I'd uh, or I think lots of fans would love to see that uh, as well. Um, so let's let's talk about what's happening now with with Scott. We now know that given yesterday's results, Fulham are eleven points behind both of the top two. Um, we're only four points off twelfth, and chaos is league, you know. It, it, it is a mad league, and. I'm very aware that as fans and also on this podcast, we can go from everything's great, we're going to challenge the top two, to it's a disaster, we're not even going to make the playoffs within two games. And and if we somehow got wins against Brentford and Leeds, we'd no doubt be back on that podcast going, oh, well, you know what, maybe we could challenge the top two. It, it, It is fickle and it changes, but 11 points is a mahoosive gap. Yeah, it's a, it's a big, big gap. Um, and, and we'd have to go on an extraordinary second half of the season to actually break down the top two, which was the clear aim of the Cards at the beginning of the season. You know, do we already write it off that it's not going to happen? No, I think it would be... Look, 11 points is a big gap, you're right. But, you know, on the whole, we still have to play Leeds twice. We still have to play West Brom once. I'm not suggesting it in the current state of affairs that we would do anything apart from lose quite comfortably to you know all three of those games. Yeah. But those you know, those gate fixtures are still to happen. We know what's happened with, with Leeds over the last couple of seasons. I don't think that's gonna happen again. No. I think third time they're gonna have learned their lessons from where they were. It has a shades of the 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 clock Liverpool about it, doesn't it? It's like we failed last season, we failed before that. We are not letting it slip this time. There feels like an absolute ruthless determination up there yeah also they just don't concede goals i think yeah. that's the difference between the leads is of of yesteryear and and the leads of this year is that last year they just kind of outscored people yeah uh, and they won lots of games 2-1 3-1 mm. this year they just haven't conceded very much and and that's important west Brom, i still think are a funny side you know and and the one thing that we haven't really taken into account here is that fulham have hit with, hit with an injury crisis and neither west Brom nor leeds really have no, um, that might change. I mean, you know, football's a fickle game in that, you know, if, if well, Leeds it, lose Calvin Phillips and Patrick Bamford and Nick Tyre in the same, then they're going to be in trouble. You know, Matthias Click gets injured for a bit. They're going to lose their kind of playmaker and the key person in that Bielsa cog system. Um, so there is kind of scope, I think. You know, West Brom lose Matthias Pereira, they're going to be in trouble because he's been such a spark for them. Yeah. Um, I think at the moment it looks way too much. Uh, I think I would reassess that in in February. I think before the end of February, it's very difficult to completely write anything off. And a Cardiff fan messaged us the other uh, on our post the other day to say that they were further off second the year they got automatically promoted at this point. Um, they were second at this point. Well, this is what this is what the Cardiff fan said to me. So, well, uh, only thing is, I looked up the other day what the gap was after the Sunderland game, which we all accept was on a deer in that promotion season. Fulham were on 29 points. Cardiff were in second on 44. So we made up, well, we ended up a point behind Cardiff yeah. in the end when we, when we got, um, when we went up. So 
we made up 14 points on on but we went on a crazy crazy run and i'm just not 100 sure we can pull that off this season the one thing i want to see before we start thinking does scott need to go or anything like that i think there's two more games brentford leads at that point you're at the halfway mark of the season you've played every team once and you can have a much better gauge of everything let's say Leeds have Cardiff this weekend and under Neil Harris, they look like a pretty uh, determined side. They've only lost once, which was last night against um, Brentford. And that, that's the kind of game that Leeds could easily, you know, scupper. Yes. And then, then you go into the Leeds and, and, and hopefully Fulham go to Griffin Park and get the points. We'll come on to that. It's not absolutely certain. And we, and we know that for, for sure. Then you go into the Fulham-Leeds game. If we can go on and beat Leeds, then suddenly the gap is five points and then suddenly everyone believes again. Yeah. It's a very even much, we, an, it's an idealistic, it's an idealistic scenario and one that I don't necessarily think will happen at all. But I just think there's a lot of football to be played and maybe after the Leeds game, we can be sure. If it's then by after the Leeds game, we're talking about a 14, 15 point gap, then I think we can just say, okay, top two is gone. I think more, more kind of prominently than that even if even if Leeds win this weekend against Cardiff if Fulham beat Brentford and beat Leeds the gap will be eight points um I don't think that's going to happen but let's put it into perspective um I think even there you know you know you've got Leeds to play West Brom again well they're playing on New Year's they play on New Year's Day Leeds and West Brom have to play us again you know at, at that point at eight points a gap if you've beaten the team you're chasing I think there's something in that. Yeah. I think it's not necessarily a... Whereas I think that if Leeds lost this weekend and we won, and then they beat us, and even if the gap was the same... Yeah, it's the mental edge of Leeds coming to Craven Cottage and getting the win and almost just saying... Now, nah, lads, it's not you're, not, year, yeah. you're not in this race. Yeah, precisely. So I think there's there's, there's a lot of mental games to be played. Um, and I think you know there's a lot of football to be played. But at the moment, from where we're sitting right now, the current perspective, it, it feels a long way away. And there are, again, the same old is Scott the right man talk. I mean, no one was saying this after the Swansea game. Now we've lost two games and that talk is back. I feel like Scott's going to have this forever, really, because you can always just label at him. He's not an experienced manager. So those calls for his head are always going to come up quicker and quicker and quicker than it would for, say, someone like Slav. If we lost two games under Slav, no one was thinking that we needed to get rid of him because he's a highly respected coach that's that's been there and done it. I, I don't want to jump on the bandwagon, but you are clear, can clearly look at the top three in this league. Squad-wise, we've all got a good squad. But the top two have top managers and we just quite clearly don't. I'm not knocking Scott. I think he could be a great manager. But right now he isn't a top, top manager just because he lacks that experience. Well, he's just learning, isn't he? Um, I don't think it's probably the time for him to leave. I had a conversation about this in the week. If we were picking again at the start of the season, I probably wouldn't have opted for Scott Parker. But I probably also wouldn't sack him. I think, you know... It's hard to sack him out when you're in third. Yeah, <laughs> but West Brom, mad, but, but West Brom did it. Yeah, West Brom did do it. What What worries me is that when we played against Bristol, when we played against Preston, there was no semblance of a plan. Yeah, there's no. It, it, the results aren't what's red flagging me. You know, I, I don't think that after two results against two good sides in this division. Yeah you can one of whom is our bogey team and always beat us no matter who's in charge 
um, and one of which is a very difficult away day on a Tuesday night in Lancashire yeah. without your captain. Yeah. If you took that, take that out of it, you know, that that's not enough to, you know, to even be thinking about putting a manager in, in, in different job. He's just been nominated for manager of the month in October, in November. Yeah. You know, By the way, weird. on that, weird why they're not doing the nominations for November manager of the month on December the 12th. Yeah, it's just chaos. But yeah, aside from that, um, what worries me is that during those games, even, yeah, maybe Derby and Swansea aside, where we were quite good, we, we didn't really have wild amounts of plans in them either we sort of just got by the Birmingham game we, you know we, we sort of went toe-to-toe and it was very end-to-end and we you know we just about got through the Mitrovic goal the QPR game we should have been 3-0 down after, yeah. after 30 minutes and we were just lucky that they were quite poor yeah you know Swansea we had Marek Rodak to thank as much as anyone for a lot of outstanding saves and they were quite profligate with their finishing and Derby we played well. <laughs> okay, okay, credit where it's due. Derby, we played well, but also if you look at Derby's away form at the moment, it's not a result that should really get the pulses racing. It's just one of those home games that we should be winning no matter what, whether we were mid-table or we, any, anyone should really be looking at Derby at home right now and thinking we should get a win here, lads. Yes, yeah, precisely. So, not knocking it. It was no, a good no, no, performance. It was a good win and we it played was, well. Um, yeah, we did but play it's well. But it's not, again, it's not the results here. It's the, it's, you know, it's, it's the plan. It's the, the idea of what we're doing. And Fulham more than any team I've ever seen us have in, in, in a long time, are, I think, less than the sum of their parts. Um, and, and that worries me loads because there's no kind of cohesive nature to anything. And look, there's a massive injury crisis in the engine room. So I'm not going to completely, you know, batter everyone down the door when we can't field our, our 11 that we're looking to field. Yeah. But the fact that we just randomly switched formations before going to Preston in a formation that we haven't seen since that first day at Barnsley, pretty much. Mm. You know, what? Why? We, we got away from that formation because it was rubbish and it didn't work for our players. Suddenly we're back in it in a random game in December for you no know, obvious reason apart from the fact that Tom Kearney got sick. You know, don't know. Yeah. That's not how you that's not how you deal with it, with injuries. You don't completely switch up your system. You stick to what you know, you stick to what you're good at, and you try and drill, you know, you can have two or three different systems, but 442 is not going to be one of them for us. It, it doesn't work. Yeah. And and so that's what's massively worrying. That's all that's the red flags I have is that we don't have a style we don't have an identity. I'm not sure what our fullbacks are supposed to be doing. I I'm not really sure you know, if our wingers are playing as inside forwards or they're sticking to the touchlines or they're trying to cut inside it, it seems like that changes no matter, you know, given the personnel, which isn't always a bad thing. But, you know, here we're trying to sort of find some sort of something to cling on to, something to be like, this is how Fulham are going to attack. This yeah. is how, whereas a lot of the time it just feels like it's like, oh, go out and play, boys. Mm. You're probably better than this lot. And you're like, well, yeah, mm, yeah. is that going to stand up against Brentford who... You know, are, are are so much more than the sum of their parts in some ways, but also have exceptional talent in their ranks. You know, the likes of say Ben Rama, yeah, the, the, you know, the likes of Josh Silva, the likes of Brian and Bueno, who have been in scintillating form. I'm just not convinced that Fulham are going to go out there as a Brentford and, and have plans to stop those players, have have plans to to you know try and impose our own game plan. We've got Pontus Janssen coming up against Mitrovic. Yeah, you know, he's going to have a hell of a physical battle in his hands. We need to find ways to use that to our advantage in that Mitrovic can occupy their centre-backs, let's find other ways to, to you know, to, to punish them. And at the moment, I can't see that happening. I just don't really know what the plan here is with, with Scott. It's like, I like Scott. He's a nice guy. And I saw the reasons why you had to appoint him because it was the, 
most likely way of keeping the squad together and you know without Mitrovic we'd be absolutely nowhere we'd we'd literally probably be in mid table not not even I'm not even 100% sure we'd be in the top half of the table without Mitro right now uh, I mean it's actually only four points away <laughs> I was gonna say it's not that much um and let's say but even if we did go up and we just went up because we have that good a team and we have that good of players and we managed to have a bit of luck in the playoffs is Scott the man for the Prem I don't know. I don't know, but you can't sack a manager after he gets you promoted unless you're Watford. Um, it, but yeah, it, it's all just a bit very up. Look, Scott could come out in the second half of this season. And like we said, he's learning, right? And one of the things I've given him credit for the whole season is looking at a mistake and trying to fix it. Yeah. Okay. And, and therefore, he he does deserve credit for that. But I can't see how he's looked at the last three games and taken what he's taken out of them because I don't think anyone else in the world has taken the points that Scott has taken off there, which is Josh Onaman should remain in the middle. You know, Cabano shouldn't start. We should bring Knockart in for the Bristol game. Yeah. Uh, it, none of it makes any sense. So, so therefore, you know, the one thing that we've been giving him credit for, yeah, you know, tricky spell is that he's doing this and now no, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to be doing that right now. So obviously he can bounce back against Brentford and, you know, against Leeds. And, and there is so much to be won here as well as so much to be lost. And in the second half of the season, we might see a cohesive Parker unit that has a style and identity and all those things. And that, at that point, your question about the premiership becomes different, right? Because then you are looking at a manager who kind of knows what he's trying to do. Yeah. But at the moment, no, of course not. I just, when I see tweets like this, it worries me. Blades Analytic, who are a very popular account on Twitter, yeah, very, very good. knowledgeable account. Leeds and West Brom are two excellent sides, one wonderfully coached and one full of ridiculous talent, also well coached, but more apparent individuals. However, the rest of the championship seems a tad poor this season. Fulham in third are frankly not great at all. And it just seems like... Experts are looking at our team, seeing that we've got amazing players, but they're not well coached. They're not they're not cohesive. There isn't a plan, a style, an idea. And yes, we will win games because we are a good team. And I tweeted that on Tuesday. I said, we'll make the playoffs. Of course you will. We have got that good a team. We have the best striker in this league. We will make the playoffs. I'm not too worried about that. But the fact that we are 11 points off the top two and we're only just going into December... Frankly, with the amount of investment that was put into this side over the summer, isn't really good enough. We're a bit of a mongrel unit, uh, and I don't know if that's coaching, personnel, whatever. I think it's probably a bit of all of these things. I think it stems from the top down as well. I'm not even 100% sure it's just Parker. It's it's the whole that Tony Khan is, is not always involved with the... He's, I think he is remotely, but... He's been very busy in America during the first part of the season. I don't feel like the whole club is being that smart at the moment. I just, yeah. that's, that's the thing for me is like, yes, we've got good players and we will sometimes just batter teams because we have great individuals. But the, just the lack of plan, I think, is the reason we're 11 points short. I think the thing is that look, we have wingers in knockout and maybe Kamara should we say that basically enjoy playing on the break we have a little bit more cultured players who like to play a little bit slower and keep possession like Cavalero and and Kearney we have 
kind of chaos players like Arta and Johansson. Our fullbacks don't really know if they're coming or going. Yeah. Our centre backs sometimes are look like, you know, the the new Thames barrier and sometimes look like they'd literally fold with a you know a gust of wind hit them. The whole and then Mitrovic in the middle, who is a hold up player who you know can also get into the box and score goals, but can't really play on the break because he's not fast enough. There's just loads of different bits. Yeah, like we don't have when when Kamara led the line against QPR, it made more sense for our side. We weren't good in that first thirty minutes, but actually when we started playing on the break in the second half, and we had Kenny pulling the strings, Bobby Reed coming from deep, Knockout on one side, Cavallero on the other, Kamara like racing through the centre. And, and high pressing, then suddenly you have like a bit of a, you can see what Fulham are trying to do. Yeah. But actually our first team doesn't have that because we have too many different disparate parts. And that's not to say it's a bad thing. It means you can play in lots of different ways. But I don't think we're tapping into those different ways in any of the right ideas. And we're, and we're not kind of, we, we just don't have a, a, a style, an identity. It's almost, I keep coming back to this, but it, I think it's so crucial. If I go to and watch Man City, I know how Man City are going to play. Let's pull that down a little bit. If I go and see, if I go and watch Leeds, I know how Leeds are going to play. Yeah. I know how West Brom are going to play. I even know how like Charlton are going to play. Bro- Brentford are going to play. You, you know, all these sides, I have a, an idea of how they're going to try and play the play the game. I don't have that with Fulham. I have no idea how. Apart we're from the fact we will try and have sixty percent possession. Yeah, we'll, we'll try and keep the ball. But then do we move it? For, you know, there, there's one thing kind of keeping the ball at the back and then springing. We don't really do that. No. We, there's one thing kind of like playing through the lines, but we don't really do that because our wingers don't cut inside and keep it tight and, and close, which is something you could potentially change by playing Cabano and Cavalera because neither of them are, you know, out and out speedsters. They actually cut back inside and yeah. that might work. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, this is this is all because we don't see this. It's not a, it's not a, this is all very conjectury and, and weird because we haven't seen any of this happen. You know, our, if we're trying to get the ball out to Joe Bryan to whip in crosses from deep and push them back, are we? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, we occasionally get things like that, like the free kick that we scored where it went out to Bryan and he played a lovely ball in the Mitrovic scored. And we're like, okay, that works. We should try that more. Yeah. You know, it just seems like we don't know quite what we're up to. Mm. And I think that stems from the coaching, the players, all of it. It all comes together to suggest that Fulham aren't just aren't as cohesive as as anyone else really yeah it reminds me of like an international side yes good point in you remember like sven's england side wonderful team obviously we, I, we can go through it and you had you had gerard you had lampard you had owen you had rooney you had but you had to fit skulls in there somehow and he really didn't fit at all you had to fit becks in somehow because you can't you can't not have beckham in there and you had to fit in ashley cole and john terry and rio ferdinand and all of these great players but there was no real plan sven was just kind of like yeah, go out on the pitch and, and beat sides. And we, we obviously will beat San Marino and we will beat Lithuania and we'll even beat sides, um, you know, half-decent sides like Poland, the USA. And Croatia and, you know, those sides. And then you came up against a side of any remote quality. Portugal, out. France, out. It it just reminds me of that. that yes, okay, we're going to beat lesser teams because there's so much quality here but as you say how do we play our game and sometimes you wonder if we need to start making tough calls and a few players actually need to be left out for the greater good of the team interestingly me and my brother were looking at the table last night the team highest place that we've beaten this season is 10th yeah blackburn 
And then we beat 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th. You know, it runs all the way down there. Mm. We've beaten everyone. But we've not beaten anyone above 10th yet. No. That's a worry. And then look, QPR, I mean, QPR were 7th when we beat them. Let's, let, let's, be, yeah. you know, let's be fair and, and honest. But, you know, QPR weren't very good. And, you know, things start to revert. This is where you can start to look at the table. I know Dom says he never looks at the table till February or whatever it is. But this is where you can start to look at the table and be like, it is taking some sort of shape. It is now. So this is where these teams are going to be, you know, and we haven't beaten anyone above 10th. That's a worry. That's a massive red flag. Uh, and I think that that's, you know, going into Brentford at the weekend, it's, you know, very, very worrying times. Like, I think the only one that I, I do believe that Swansea are a good team and are in a slightly false position and have been good this season and certainly yeah, were yeah. in well-placed when we beat them. That was an impressive win to go over to Swansea and get three points. Yeah, but again, they were in a bad little run of form, you know, like you say about Derby. Yeah. You know, I, I still, I'm not taking away from it. It was a good win and, you know, very, very pleasing win. But, you know, they were in their own little rut when we, you know, not to say that Preston weren't. Yeah. But, but you know, Swansea were in their own little rut and, and we managed to we managed to just take advantage of that. And we and we played okay. We played okay that day. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just terrified about Saturday. I've, I've just realised that um, whenever it's just me and you doing a podcast, we tend to be chewing the fat over an absolutely abhorrent game. Because the last time we did this was after when the whole no, was our, when no one else wants to do it was, was, was after the whole game. Yeah, basically everyone else from Fulham is just sees these podcasts come up after terrible losses and gives them a massive swerve. But yeah. we're, we're gluttons for punishment. Absolutely, love it. All right, we'll take a quick break and then we'll look ahead to Brentford, or maybe not look ahead to Brentford. Your choice. How does free beer sound to you? Well, as a loyal listener to Fulhamish, we'd like to reward you with just that, free beer. It's thanks to our friends at beer52.com who are giving you the opportunity to sip 10 free exclusive craft beers from all around the world. All you need to do is go to beer52.com slash Fulham and cover the £4.95 for the postage. So you will get sent 10 craft beers the very next day. All you need to do is cover that postage. Now, if you don't know about Beer 52, they are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beers from the greatest small batch breweries that planet earth has to offer each month beer 52 will deliver a case with a different theme past themes have included germany korea norway and many more but they're also passionate about the uk craft beer scene too beer 52 don't hold you to ransom there's no lock-in and you can leave anytime your first box will be sent to you the very next day so to take advantage of this deal just go to beer52.com slash fulham that's beer52.com slash fulham and get your first case of 10 craft beers for free all you need to do is cover the postage that's beer52.com forward slash fulham welcome back to the fulhamish podcast sammy james here with jack collins hello listeners right just before we finish uh today's episode um let's have a look forward i keep saying that but i'm not looking forward to it at all to brentford on saturday the final trip to griffin park probably unless we somehow got them in the cup in the fourth round which i just don't think is going to happen at all um, that would involve getting through the third round of the cup. Yeah, something exactly. we don't really take much pride in. Um, obviously, it's going to be a difficult match. We know that Brentford are a very, very good side. Let's first of all talk about going to Griffin Park for the last time. As much as it is a bit of a shithole, I will kind of miss the old place. I will miss the standing terrace. I will miss that terrible, terrible concourse. I will miss the pubs. It I won't miss them not serving beer to away fans. Oh, what, in the ground? Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. I mean, it's almost such a small concourse that actually getting a beer is that hard anyway. Yeah. It's, um, 
yeah no i mean i i think it's I've, my you know my aunt's brentford we've mentioned this a couple of times in the pod and she always sends me pictures like the the day have the drone <laughs> they send me the drone of the new oh, ground yeah. i'm like yeah, I mean, it looks nice. It looks like every other stadium yeah. that's been rebuilt in the last 20 years. Like, it, I mean, it'll be fine for you. It'll do good. The corner where the away fans are going to sit is looks really weird. It's right in the sun. Like, okay. So the sun is right in your uh, eyes for right. a three o'clock kickoff. That's nice of them. Yeah. I, I, I will... It's just it's one of those old proper it. it's one of those proper football grounds and we'll have that when we go to Kenilworth Road um, in a few weeks as well. And, and they're a dying breed and it's one of the reasons that I love Craven Cottage so much. Yes, we don't have those same kind of standing terraces, but historic old ground. And it's a shame that Brentford couldn't do something with the place they had. Yeah, I mean, I can understand it. Uh, and I can understand their ambitions at that club. And, you know, we talked about in the, in the last bit about how Fulham seemed a bit chaotic from, from top to bottom. Brentford have it sorted. Yeah. You know, they have a wonderful kind of management structure their uh, recruitment is off the scale good um you know if they weren't brentford you i think you'd be looking at them as a neutral and being like it's a bloody well-run club that yeah like we should hope that they do well because it's good for everyone obviously i hope they suffer and die and burn yeah um, but <laughs> on the whole like you look at their kind of structure and things and you think yeah we could probably do a bit of learning from that yeah we really could let's have a look at the team um they've got a good 2-1 win over Cardiff. They're an impressive side. They have a good manager, but they just do seem Jekyll and Hyde and they, they have a tendency to shoot themselves in the foot just as a good run gets going. Yeah, I think that was as inconsistent as we are. Yeah, and that was completely evident by their defeats up at Hillsborough on Saturday. Took the lead and then conceded two pretty soft goals um, up, at, up at Hillsborough. And, and I guess that's the hope for Fulham going into this game is let's just... Fingers crossed, Brentford are having an off day. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The, the, the best we can do is hope that they overthink it and think, you know, that they're, they're so whipped up into this is the last derby against Fulham at Griffin Park that emotion overcomes them. Uh, I think we'd be lucky, if I'm being perfectly honest. This is a good side. Um, you know, they have David Rea in goal, who's an upgrade on Daniel Bentley, who was the man that kept us at bay yeah. for long periods. Uh, Dallas Gard's an international, a Danish international. I was about to say Norwegian. Pontus Janssen's a Swedish international. We know all about him. Rico Henry's a good left back. They have Norgard, who they signed from Fiorentina in the summer, um, who's an excellent player. And Makocho, who, com- who comes off the bench now and just sort of adds those legs in midfield. Um, Josh De Silva's been a revelation. Uh, for them this this season he's been yeah. so 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 good and then they have Mbuemo who's scoring for fun Ollie Watkins who's scoring even more for fun yeah and Saeed Benrahma who is one of probably, the best players in the championship probably yeah I was gonna say my top three players in this division I, I think he's an absolute wizard and how he has not left Brentford last summer I will never know I, yeah. I think he might go in January to be honest because he's of absolute quality um has whip can you know can, can ping him in the top corner has an incredible delivery finds that pass he's very tom kenny like to be honest um a little bit more mobile if if anything mm. um but he's just a very 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 good player what do we do about our defense then because they're coming up against I don't, I don't, I don't a, know. <laughs> an exceedingly good attack um you'd imagine that the defense is going to be christy on the right joe Bryan on the left and then obviously we haven't really got any other options other than mawson and Ream, they're clearly going to be targeting that right-hand side because it is the weakness 
in our team right now and their right hand side their right hand side yeah, yeah. yeah our left hand side yeah um i mean look joe bryan's had a rest he's been dropped hopefully that shows him that he needs to fight for his place uh, and hopefully you know joe bryan we've seen have brilliant games we've seen you know shut mo salah down at the yeah. cottage yeah we've seen joe bryan have games where he is you know exceptionally good both going forwards and defensively and we've just got to hope that that saturday is one of those games and yeah he's been on a bit of a poor run of form recently i still think he's a quality footballer um yeah we had this question on, on monday like is he getting a soft ride from fans because he's a nice geezer but yes yes he is but equally like he's getting a bit of a soft ride because we you know a lot of us think there's a lot of talent there I think yeah that joe bryan especially in the premier league was probably one of our better players um and, and probably could do a job still for a premier league side so so therefore i think there will come a time where if joe bryan continues playing badly there will be you know there will be a turn of opinion on him but at the moment i think that it's just got hope that that quality comes back and i've seen nothing to suggest that it won't you know it's not like he's suddenly become 32 years old and is flying over the peak of his powers and things you know mm. he's, still a, he's still a young player with we're playing to learn and and hopefully this is the start of a resurgence for him uh Mitrovic has had the better of Pontus Janssen before I, I'm interested to see that battle it's and a big I, battle. I do think it's one that Mitro can win and I think he will be instrumental for us because it's going to be a difficult game I don't know how many chances we're going to get and he's going to need to stick the ones he gets away we also need to come out the blocks a little bit yeah. in this one don't we this is going to be a local derby we cannot afford for this oh we'll just take 25 minutes to ease into this one no i don't want dennis adoy fire and blood but no but i i would i would quite like a little bit of a, a snap out of the traps from the boys look they're going to be well off for it it's going to be absolutely buzzing in there on, on saturday let's let's not be around the bush and Brentford don't have the best fans in the world, but they equally are far from being the worst. And yeah. and the place will be bouncing, you'd imagine, given how much they dislike us. Both and in our in their end and, and our end as well. It's not like we're going in there and, and Fulham will be quiet about it. It will be, I imagine, I mean, with this, this game sold out so quickly, even by local derby standards, this game sold out like that. Yeah. The Fulham fans will be up for this just as much as they will. Absolutely. And, you know, that's it. You've got to just hope that a, a performance kind of befits the occasion in, in, in many regards. And, you know, we've talked about Brentford a lot on this podcast and we've talked about them. You know, obviously you interviewed Richard Osman and he said he, you know, disregarded them as an annoyance. And, yeah. Uh, I think we're kind of past that. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, five years ago, Liverpool probably wouldn't have regarded Manchester City as rivals. But, you know... That's a thing. Yeah. Uh, and and in similar veins, like, yes, it might be 10 years ago, we kind of looked down at Brentford and thought, oh, who are they? You know, tiny little club, blah, 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 blah. Um, the fact is that they're the club closest to us in terms of ability around us by yeah. a serious distance. They are. Yeah. It is Fulham and Brentford now that they're, you know, the way that they've become run, the way that they've sorted themselves out, their rise through the divisions, the ascendancy. They're, you know, absolutely the club who are closest to us in terms of ability yeah for bit for that number two spot in in southwest london west london whatever i think it's brent and and i yeah it was it was hilarious what richard said about um them and he, he thinks he regards qpr as bigger rivals and 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 to a sense yes qpr has and fulham has a bit more of a traditional rivalry it's also just there were similar sized clubs with similar sized fan bases and similar size 
stadiums and all of those things they're, yeah. they're kind of Loftus Road and, and Craven Cottage both spent a lot of you know, time in the Premier League yeah so that's why that one feels I think more like a proper derby yeah I mean yeah but in some regards I have more respect for, for QPR fans in that like, I know what they've you know they've been up and down and bounced around and it's one of those whereas Brentford I'm just like shoosh yeah um, but yeah, but but like it's become impossible to ignore the mm. fact that Brentford are now a very well run, very good footballing club with you know, a similar philosophy. You know, I think playing wise to our own, and they want to play football. They want to play you know nice possession possession based passing football that's incisive. I think it's what we'd all want. Yeah, if we if we're honest. Whereas QPR are a little bit more agricultural in in, in many ways. Um, but you know this is it, and they hate us. Yeah. They hate us so much. They hate us like Fulham fans hate Chelsea. Yeah. Um, and, and that's telling, I think. It is one of those things. They're going to be so desperate to beat us in their yeah. last ever game against us at Griffin Park. Like, that like fizzing for it. Oh, I'm so... I, I, it would be so good if we could just be like, no. Yeah, I I would love it. I, without going all Kevin Keegan. I will love it if we beat them. Yeah. I will love it if we beat them on Saturday. Well, fingers crossed Fulham can do the business uh, at Griffin Park. Uh, we'll see you there if you go. And if you're watching around the world, I'm sure you'll be uh, eagerly tuned in supporting the boys. Um, and fingers crossed for three points. And fingers crossed for a better trip than the last time we went there. Oh, very sad. That I've was been very sad coming out of Griffin Park way too many times. Well, yeah, the only one I haven't been to in recent times was the one we actually won. I did. I was good. That was good. I did enjoy myself that night. That was that was fun. Um, but yeah, no, the the last time and the and the time two before that, where the the worst game ever as me and, and Don were talking about on Monday, the the three 0 loss. Yeah, where Jazz Richards just had his house pants pulled down and mm. never ever saw him again, and you're not fit to wear the shirt and all of that. That was bad. Last year was not quite that bad, but almost as bad. Yeah. And don't forget, at Craven Cottage, there's there's the 4-1 as well. We've had some pretty bleak times. Yeah, and the last minute equaliser last, you know, in the last time we were in the championship. Obviously, the goal that did eventually send us to Wembley. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the time... <laughs> I uh, was the least pleased man in the world. Yeah, obviously, in hindsight, we can say to Brentford, thank you for giving us the best day of our lives. Yeah, but at the time, I wasn't happy at all. Oh, well. Furious. Fingers crossed we can do the business. Are you lower tier or upper tier? I'm lower tier. Lower tier is where it's at. And uh, Fulhamish will return over the weekend. Not 100% sure uh, when we're recording because on Monday it's the FSA Awards and we're nominated for Club Podcast of the Year. So we will try and get the podcast out uh, before then, but it will mean potentially a slightly earlier record than normal. Uh, Jack, we just need to name today's episode. What are you thinking? Red Dead Dennis. Red Dead Dennis is the name of the podcast. Okay, we will see you over the weekend. Fingers crossed. Pray for three points. You are it.